Hello, good evening. Settle in. Let's get some rest. Special hello if you are in northern Mindanao in the Philippines. Really glad that you're listening to this podcast. And if you're there or wherever you might be, we're going to meditate on Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 and on. Maybe just 10 and 11, but we'll see how it goes. Before we dig in, we'll pray. And before we pray, I just want to invite you, if you have any thoughts how I can improve on this and make it more helpful to you, email me at truesleepfeedback at gmail.com. I absolutely read those emails and really try to incorporate your suggestions because I want this to be the best it can be, be as helpful as possible. All right, let's pray. And as, as I'm praying for us, just want you to settle in and get really comfortable and get ready to meditate on Scripture and rest. Father, here we are. It's been another, another good day that you've blessed us with. You've seen us through a lot. You've been faithful and good. And now we just want to quiet ourselves down and just listen to you. So please help this listener to do that. Help them to be soft-hearted and open-eared and help me to serve them well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, back to the book of Revelation. This is a, it's a prophecy, it's an apocalypse, it's a letter. It's a really unique book. And we find ourselves, uh, really, we're going to start reading at chapter 1, verse 9, but we're going to start meditating at chapter, I'm sorry, at verse 10. So, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation, and the kingdom, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. All right, let's take in that last verse. John was in the Spirit. What does it mean to be in the Spirit. That's a capital S, the Holy Spirit. What does it mean for John to have been in the Spirit? I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So what day is that? So it sounds like John was, was more fully than normal, more fully than um, you know, the average moment in control of the Spirit, uh, under the Spirit's control, under the Spirit's influence under the Spirit's power, and it was on the Lord's day, the Sabbath day set aside to the Lord. It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. So this is something that he heard. This involved his ears. It was directional. It wasn't in front of him or beside him or above him or below him. It was behind him, and it was a loud voice. So try to imagine this. Uh, usually we use our mind's eye. Now we're going to use our mind's ear. A loud voice like a trumpet. What must that have sounded like? 
Just try to try to remember what a trumpet sounds like, and then try to imagine a loud voice. The closest thing one can compare it to is a trumpet. Well, imagine it is all we really can do. He doesn't describe it any further, but he tells us what the voice said. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, verse 11, saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. So, this loud, trumpet-like voice has a clear message. He wants John to do something. He wants John to write. What does he want John to write? Do you remember from when I just read it? He says, write what you see. So John was not to write what he thought. He was not to write anything from his opinion or anything that he had heard from other people or anything as a result of his research. He was to write what he was going to see in a book. And it wasn't just for his benefit. He was writing it in a book in order to send it somewhere. And he was sending it to churches. He wasn't sending it to individuals. He was sending it to churches. He wasn't sending it to be published and distributed throughout the world. He was sending it specifically to churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Seven churches. Now, I think we need to keep reading on into verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. So now we're, we've used our mind's ear, and now we're going to use our mind's eye and try to visualize what John saw when he turned around. Remember, that voice came from behind him. Clear message. John turns around, and here's what he sees. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. So be picturing that, and let's add to this visual. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man. Are you picturing it? Seven golden lampstands. In the midst of those lampstands, one like a son of man, which, though that phrase has prophetic significance from the Old Testament prophetic books, I think in its simplest form, it really just means he was human-looking. Clothed with a long robe. So keep adding to your visual that you're picturing here. Seven golden lampstands. One like the Son of Man in the midst of the lampstands. He's clothed in a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. So just take a moment with that visual. 
and observe it. Now we're going to keep adding to it here in verse 14. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. So this is quite a visual. I'm just going to work back through it one more time because I'm really hoping you're developing a crisp, visual, um, imagined vision of this thing. Seven golden lampstands. In their midst, one like a son of man. He is clothed in a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. His hair is white, like snow, like wool. His eyes look like flame of fire. His feet look like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And then another audio reference here, his voice. Before the voice was said to sound like a trumpet here, the voice was like the roar of many waters. So just try to imagine this. Imagine the sound of the roar of many waters. And there's more to it as we get into verse 16. In his right hand, he held seven stars. Okay, now up to this point, things were somewhat, uh, I don't know what the word is. Like up to this point, I can kind of visualize all this pretty decently. But now in his right hand are seven stars. Can you picture that? He goes on, from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And then finally, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. I drive my kids to school and I did that this morning and this time of year, our route to school is directly into the rising sun and on certain stretches of the road, it shines right in to our faces and it is so bright and blinding. I mean, this is just such vivid imagery. How would you respond if you saw this? and heard this. It's important to remember that these apostles who wrote 
these books or whose teachings were written in the New Testament. These were not brilliant geniuses. These were men who had experiences firsthand with God himself through the incarnate son, Jesus Christ. And so they, they're just relaying what they heard and what they saw. And that includes this book of Revelation. And what he heard and saw here is just, it's almost unimaginable. It's really very difficult to wrap your mind around it. As we read on in the verse 17, we see how he responded. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. So as we're picturing this whole scene, now picture John just collapsing at the feet of this incredibly glorious figure. And now John has heard his voice. It was like a trumpet. It was like the roar of many waters. And he's seen the figure. And now he's about to feel the touch of this figure. He's laying there as though dead at his feet. It says, But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So who is this figure? Now I think we have enough clues to be sure. He is the first and the last. He is the living one. He died, but now is alive forevermore. And he has the keys of death and Hades. This is a vision of the glorified, ascended, raised from the dead, Jesus Christ. Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger. He's no longer... A sacrifice on a cross, and he's no longer a corpse in a tomb, and he's no longer uh, a man like men now teaching on earth. He is a figure of unimaginable glory and power. But we do not need to fear, just like John did not need to fear. He said, fear not. It is going to be a fearsome thing when Jesus returns. I think we're probably all going to have a fear response, Christians and non-Christians. But for Christians, his message is going to be fear not. And I hope you're a Christian. Because Jesus is incredibly glorious and he is coming back. But I'm getting ahead of myself. He's not talking about his return at this point. He's just trying to get John to get a handle on himself here because he's got an assignment for him. He goes on in verse 19, Write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches And with that, the book of Revelation is set up 
And when we continue the next time we're in Revelation, he'll begin to introduce this book to the seven churches. But what an introduction it has been. Uh, We've taken several weeks to work through it. And I think the best thing to do now is to spend some time in prayer. And like we did last week, I'd like to just kind of guide you through praying in light of this chapter. I'll just kind of give you prompts just from the text and pray for you. And as we do, I hope that hope that you really find some good deep rest. Let's pray together. Father, would you help us to just have the capacity to receive your revelation? Would you help us to not only see the world in light of the here and now and what's in front of us, but to remember the cosmic, eternal, glorious realities that you've revealed to us in your word? And would you expand our capacity to worship the glorified Lord Jesus Christ. He is so much more than our therapist in heaven. He is fearsomely glorious. Would you please help us to see him for who he is and let that motivate us to trust him all the more and to live for him all the more. And for this dear listener that you've brought to listen to this episode, this podcast, I just pray for all your blessings upon them through Jesus Christ, that they would, through faith in Jesus, receive your blessing, that they would receive your revelation and your word, that they would experience your faithfulness through Jesus, your power, your glory, your might, your goodness, your beauty, your guidance, your truth, your strength. And I pray that they would receive all the blessings of the restored relationship with you that Jesus bought. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.